back to the RTT Podcast. This is Mr. Stromboli. I'm Dr. Cash. And I'm Jay Prub. And today we are seven weeks through the NFL season and we are going to be talking about a few things and we're going to start off with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so the Miami Dolphins just recently announced that they're um, benching Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, in favor for the fifth round or fifth overall pick, um, Tua Tungavailoa. What do you guys think? I'll let Doctor Cash go first on this. One. Uh, honestly, I I don't think this is the right decision based on how Fitzpatrick has p- performed so far through these first uh, about month and a half of this season. Fitzpatrick's had great games, and uh, he's he him and the Dolphins are second in the AFC East, and uh, he the tough teams he played the Seahawks and Bills so far they've uh, they limited those to one possession losses, and what Fitzpatrick was able to do put his team through the fight was amazing, and right now especially when Tua's come back from that huge injury within his last season at Alabama. I honestly don't think it – I mean, maybe if you wanted to rush, rush it, it would be all right. But with, considering your circumstances, you're not an 0-6 team or 1-5 to where you need a complete uh, change. You have a good Fitz, – uh, Fitzpatrick is playing great football. And I, I to me, I, I, it doesn't make sense at all. But, uh, again, we'll be able to see Tua playing, and that will be exciting. Yeah, I mean, I have a similar view on this. I just, it, it, it makes me so frustrated with an organization when you do that to a veteran quarterback who's not only stepped in to this awkward situation, he knows he's in the past. He knows that he's going to get replaced. And he went out there and played fantastically for a team and is sitting in second place in this division with probably a chance at the wild card the way the playoffs are set up this year well i i just i don't understand it i I think it's absolutely ridiculous and an utter utter mess of an organization yeah i i I don't know how much more you could ask out of ryan fitzpatrick i mean if if you want him to go five and one and four and two otherwise like there's not much more you could ask for him at this point he's a veteran player who has really done everything necessary. This team really hasn't been good the past few years. And I I, 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 I have to go along the lines with Stromboli here. I'm in complete di- – I, I, I can't believe it. Well, I mean, this was Tua's team from the moment they drafted him. So, I mean, it was an on- only a matter of time before he replaced Fitzpatrick. So, I mean, while it might be a little bit earlier – and it might be not the greatest circumstances. I feel like the um, Dolphins made this calculated decision because they're going to have the bye week to prepare with Tua. And so I think this is a – well, I'm not sure if they should have um, maybe kept him till next year on the bench. But, I mean, this seeing this um, right now at this spot in during the bye week, I feel like it's a – Maybe not the best decision, but it's still a smart decision because, like, we've seen players been thrown in much more, um, much tougher conditions, like Deshaun Watson, who is 
there for who was only benched for like a week maybe and then um like justin herbert this year as well as um burrow so i mean i don't think it's that uncommon and so i don't really see why fitzpatrick is so surprised yeah i I guess i understand that part of it but i still think you like like dr cash said earlier you can't expect more from fitzpatrick he had 10 touchdowns Mm 1000 500 yards this year through six games he's played well the Dolphins aren't in a bad spot at all um and he knew it was to his team coming into this that's the worst part for me because he went in there he battled he won the job then all of a sudden out of the blue you have a guy that's moving moving you out and I mean Fitzpatrick said it he was heartbroken as he should be he has the right in my opinion to be to be upset with this organization after that because he did nothing wrong in my opinion when you're 500 you don't you don't deserve to be out it's just like hold on let me give you an example before we move uh back into your side um the browns and i i I mean you look at that team they had tyrod taylor then baker mayfield baker was not supposed to play he was the number one pick number one he wasn't supposed to play that was straight up they put that into the organization. Tyrod played. Tyrod got hurt. Then Baker went in. But I guarantee you, if Tyrod didn't get hurt that year, I don't think we would have saw Baker Mayfield because the Browns are playing not great. I mean, right. they lost two games. Right. They, they they still had a chance. Right, and, and that's the thing. Tyrod Taylor didn't win a game with the Browns. Um, and even if the Browns did end up starting Mayfield over Taylor, it would be because Taylor has had poor performance versus – uh, Fitzpatrick, he 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 hasn't played terrible at all. He his team is in contention for a playoff spot. For and and they, he could lead this team somewhere where many fans didn't expect it. And you, they played two mean, up for two snaps. I I don't I don't see. It. Well, I mean, it's not just playing him for two snaps. It's probably something they see in practice as well. Like I know that you can understand that, but um, also I feel like uh they want to gauge how well this rookie quarterback is because he's going to be the future of their franchise. And I feel like they want to know if they can trust him or if they should be looking at maybe Trevor Lawrence in the draft. That's that's my opinion on this. Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to every story, as sure. you know, in the NFL. Yeah. And we're going to go ahead hold on, and hold on, hold on, on to our next. And not just that. This is, this is just something I noticed, but uh... – that the Dolphins are going to be starting two attack of Iloa against the Rams defense, and that's Aaron Donald is going to be straight coming, no, no feeling. She's going to come straight at you through that old line, and I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's that's going to just Tua gets hammered. It's, it's going to be against that that Rams. I mean, that's like all these young QBs, Justin Herbert, Burrow, they're all getting hammered, man. That's just part of the learning curve right now. So. I mean, none of these teams have, like, awesome offensive lines. So it's going to be a curve that they're going to have to hit, and it's going to hurt. Yeah, I mean, sure. there's, there's two points to this right here, and that that is certainly going to have an impact on a rookie quarterback. I'll tell you that. Andrew, Aaron, excuse me, Aaron Donald has been in the league and been a threat for a while. For a while. We'll see how Tua – is able to adjust here for sure in the next week they play the rams at 12 on fox 
Um, we're going to go ahead and go to a quick break before we move on to our next segment. And we're going to be talking about America's team. We'll be right back. And we're back to the RTT podcast. Thanks for joining us today in our next segment. We're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys started the season with Dak Prescott as their quarterback, and they he has gotten or he went down in horrific injuries that most of you have already seen. Now they switch to Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, who comes out and today against the Redskins gets concussed, leaving Dallas to their third string quarterback. What do you guys have to say about this? Well, that was a pretty brutal hit. I mean, losing your two starting quarterbacks, I mean, I really don't know what's going to happen to this team. Like, it's all possibilities right now. Right. Uh, those are two gruesome injuries. And uh, I think that when you look at Andy Dalton and after that 37-34 win over the Giants – all media was saying he would be a perfect fit in this offense. Um, that the Cowboys are, I mean, they still are right now, but that they will be in playoff contention and they could go somewhere with Andy Dalton. But that after that Cardinals game, there's it was Cowboys fans were lost. It was, it's, it's just been crazy these, this past three weeks for them. Andy Dalton has, hasn't played well at all, Zeke Elliott hasn't been the leader that he said he'll be. And it's this program's just it, this season's just not it for the Cowboys. And I can already you just lost you scored only three points on Washington and gave up twenty five. Double digit Washington Washington isn't gonna work. Yeah, I mean like it's like this team is has no direction right now. That's all I can say because they're supposed to be in contention. They lose their two quarterbacks. Where are they now? Are they trying to tank in a division where you almost have to lose lose every single game to tank, or are they trying to somehow make the postseason? Like it's anyone's guess. Yeah, and, and right now, there's it's like there is no life on both sides of the ball. There's no life at all. When Dalton was playing, he was 9 for 19, 75 yards in a pick. Three sacks. And his quarterback rating was 36. So with Dalton, these guys weren't good. The O-line is banged up. I get that. There was complete – it was poor tackling. When you, when you look at the highlight tape, it was poor tackling by their linebackers. Everyone. And there's not – they don't have a leader who can step up, and that's the biggest problem. And we heard we you see it when you watch Mike McCarthy's press conference, like he he was surprised too. No one got up to fight or stood up there for Andy Dalton after that. He took that huge hit and was down, had to get carted off. Uh, Stromboli, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to watch this team right now. I mean, I mean, there's not much to say. You have you have a complete mess of a team right now. Mike McCarthy was brought in um, to try to fix this the problems of Jason Garrett, and and then he ended up causing more. I mean, you you have players calling out the Cowboys 
every other week i feel like i'm hearing more reports every other day excuse me yeah more drama from this team than we've ever seen before and this defense looks absolutely horrible this offense looks way worse and Dak Prescott is a great quarterback. Yeah, and, and that's the thing we learned. Right Dak now. impact this yeah. offense. He is the leader. We see Zeke hasn't stepped up. Cooper's had big games, yeah, but we we've seen nothing from the offense. Um, yeah. Look at when you look at uh, Dalton and Danucci combined for 114 passing yards. Cooper had 80 of those. Gallup two targets, no yards. Lamb five targets, no yards. It's, the offense is just – it's dead. Zeke had 45 rushing yards on 12 yeah. attempts. It, it's just dead. And it's going to take a lot for these guys to come back. Uh, you're not going to get Dak back till next season. It, it, it's yeah. For a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, we're, we're six weeks into the season, and they're, they're in the bottom tier of the league without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you lose Dak, I mean – this is going to have to take some great coaching to come back from that. And right now, from what we've seen from McCarthy, he hasn't really been coaching the Cowboys that well. And so... Right. And in my opinion, you look at this team and someone needs to go. That That's just a blank scenario right now for the Cowboys. You have a defense that's playing conservative in a time where they have to play more aggressive. And I really... Really, it's it's not just that. It's it's not just that. It's they have no energy. It's not that they're playing. They they just they they have no energy. They have no desire to play. That you get that from playing constant good football. You when you score a touchdown, I guarantee you, you, your team morale has boosted. Right, and they haven't scored one in four quarters now. Let's let's go back. I believe it was Jalen Smith's first first season. Him and Vander Vander Ash was a rookie, I, I believe. That defense had all the confidence in the world. They didn't have a star other than Demarcus Lawrence. They had all the confidence in the world. Game in and game out, they helped their team win. And they eventually fell in the playoffs. But that's the Dallas Cowboys team that many people were expecting this year. And they've gone the complete opposite of that. Yeah, but when you look at it, one of the biggest problems is the secondary. And when you look at that team, the when Van Der Esch was a rookie, you have those great linebackers. And you also have a secondary where you have a top cornerback in um, Byron Jones. Right, and now he's gone. So that secondary just looks vulnerable. Right, yeah, it's it's uh this, this defense is this whole team is lost, and uh, sure. it's, it, it's, I I don't I think this year it's, they're gonna they're gonna end up with the top ten pick in my opinion. Yeah, I mean they gotta yeah, I mean, use it to address something. They can't just pick another wide receiver. So a little bit of positive before we move on. The Cowboys, I well, they know what they have to do. Tony Pollard has played decently well with Zeke yeah. Elliott's struggles. And one last quote for all you Cowboy fans. Ben DiNucci is now what looks to be your quarterback if Andy Dalton does not pass concussion protocol. And judging from that hit, I don't know. He is a coin toss. Ben DiNucci said, if my number is called, shoot, I'll be the first one in the building tomorrow and the last one to leave. I've got to prepare like I have been for the last two months. Nothing has changed. 
I've learned more from sitting in a room with Dak and Andy the last two months than I ever have playing in the last eight years. That has to fill you, fill Cowboy fans with some sort of confidence. We'll be back after the break to talk about the Steelers and the Raiders. Ben DiNucci. And we're back with the RTT podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We just got finished talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And we will now be moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are they ready to go? I think so. Um, They got their big win this week against the Tennessee Titans. It was a close game, uh, but Pittsburgh held a 20-point lead. They eventually gave that off. Roethlisberger had three interceptions, but he he found a way to lead his team to victory, and that that's all that matters. He got all most he got a lot of receivers involved, um, three receivers over fifty yards receiving, and uh, I think these guys are legit. And to me, they're the best team in the AFC North. I, I I'm gonna take them over the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I would I would take them over the Ravens as well, and. One of the biggest reasons is that defense, and we saw them hold Derrick Henry, one of the most, one of the biggest weapons in all of football, to seventy five yards. Right, and that's that's both that's they're the complete opposite. What we just talked about the Dallas Cowboys, they they have strength on both sides of the ball, um, with Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, uh. And and they're they're just using all weapons in every way possible. They're an efficient team. They know how to get the job done, and that's what matters most. Yeah, I'm gonna look at the opposite side of this. Steelers' <clears throat> recent success. They played well, and I'm I, I'm just gonna give them credit before I get into it here. But they have played against the Giants, bottom of the division. The Broncos, bottom of the division. Texans down there. The Eagles are the only, I mean, first place in the NFC East, which is, as we know, a mess. Cleveland Browns, which we don't know what version we're going to see. We'll get into more of that later. And the Tennessee Titans, which they lost to today Mm -hmm. after a missed field goal from Gotkowski. I mean, it's, it's, it's a team where you have to really see this next part of this schedule with the Ravens, Cowboys, Bengals. I mean, we're going to have to see if this team is going to be there. I mean, next game will be a prime indicator. They play the Ravens, and that's for the top of the division. Whoever wins that game, you you have to say they're they're probably going to be your playoff team from the AFC North. I think, I to mean, me, there's there's going to be multiple teams from the AFC North with the seven teams in the playoffs. Sure. But, yeah, they're, they're, yeah I think yeah, they're going to be – yeah, I, I, what you're saying, yeah, they're going to be the number one team in the North. I'll agree. I'll go with you there. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna so, go ahead, or go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I can just add one more point there. I mean, against Baltimore, like I feel like we've already said they've been te- the defense has been tested, but I mean against Baltimore, it's gonna be just another test about how good this heralded defense is, and yeah, and we'll see if the offense can produce some points like they did in the past weeks. Yeah, I mean. It's going to be an interesting matchup next week. Steelers versus Ravens. That will be a nude game on CBS. We're going to move on to the Raiders, which have 
a three and three record, but one of the most interesting three and three records we've seen. I mean, when you look at this team, yeah, they have three losses to all of the losses are to five win teams: Buffalo, New England, and Tampa Bay. And their three wins are to also what I'd consider good teams in Kansas City, Carolina. And New Orleans. What are you guys' thoughts on the Raiders? Right. I mean, yeah, the Patriots aren't the five-win team, but they're, they're, they're still a strong team. But uh, anyway, I think these guys are le- – I'm not going to say legit, but these guys are much, much improved from last season. Uh, Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, they've, they've won big games. And I think in the future we're going to see these guys as contenders because – they're playing some great ball. John Gruden's got this team straight. Uh, Derek Carr's been playing well. And overall, it's just a Raiders team that we didn't see last year that we're seeing this year. Well, if I can just add in there, well, I feel like this team is really showing two sides in them. The side that completely dominated the Super Bowl champions and the side that lost to the Patriots and the Bucks when they could have if they play like they did against the Chiefs, they could have easily beaten them. They they could be undefeated right now, but it's just a, who comes to play and who doesn't. That's really what it's about right now. Yeah, I see I see what you're saying there. I mean, mm-hmm. excuse me earlier on the two and four Patriots that I called a five win team. Um but the Raiders have a, a typically what, what we call a younger team in the NFL. I mean, they may not have the youngest players, but their yeah. core players with Henry Ruggs, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, all those guys are still in the lower parts of their career. For and sure, when yeah. you have that, you're going to have to, and you have a creative offensive mind, and you have John Gruden out there you're going to have a bit of a learning curve. And I think what we're seeing early in this year is the highs and lows of this team. Mm -hmm. Now, the question being for me, is this team going to be able to play in a wild card where you have the five and two Cleveland Browns, where you have the four and two Indianapolis Colts, where you have the three teams in the AFC North and possibly another team in the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they compete. Like, can they compete when it comes playoff time? Or are we going to see the team that lost to the Patriots and the Bucks? Yeah, it's. I mean, when you look at it, this Raiders team wasn't expected to make the playoffs at all. But the fact that they're making a push for it is it's pretty impressive to me. Uh, Carter today, they're, they lost by 20. The defense was terrible today. They lost by 25. Carter threw... For 24 for 36, 284, two touchdowns and a pick. The pass rating of 97.5, which is solid. It, it's solid. But the other side of the ball just couldn't step up. And uh, now we're going to move on to the Cleveland Browns. They lost Odell Beckham to injury early on in the first quarter. He, they will not see him after he left to the locker room. And Baker Mayfield already played his the best game of his career so far, arguably. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Well, I thought it was a great game from Baker coming back from behind. And so 
I think it's a huge confidence booster for the um, Browns and for him as a young quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you look at this guy, Baker Mayfield, Mm -hmm. and you're starting to see what people on social media are are calling overhype. I mean, you see a big win from him, and then you see a, a bad loss. Yes. And you see this consistent back and forth two sides of Baker Mayfield and to be honest it's not it's not his fault I mean if you're a fan of the NFL you watch the games you know they don't have the strongest O-line you know their defense hasn't been great but at the end of the day just like Dak Prescott and the Cowboys it's gonna come down to that one play that your quarterback missed where he threw a pick and they're going to look at that play on a one-possession game. They're not going to look at the defense that led up however many yards they let up or however many points. They're going to look at your quarterback. And Baker Mayfield is the quarterback, and he is the quarterback of that o, former 0-16 Cleveland Browns. Everybody's eyes will always be on that team with the players that they have, that being Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. You have all these stars here. And you guys are finding ways to lose to teams like the Steelers. But but I think today we saw a great Baker Mayfield. And we saw Odell get out on the opening drive. And all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield and his offense turned it up. Completely. They turned it up hard. Yep. After he started, right, 0 for 5, threw a pick. First play of the game, he ended the game 22 for 23 and five touchdowns. And that incompletion was a a spike. And so basically, we're saying he goes 22 for 22 and throws five touchdowns. He's been playing with this. A lot of people criticizing him this week after 30-point loss to the Steelers and saying he can't beat big teams. And I get it. The Bengals aren't a big team. But the fact that he came out and played – as good as good as you can, and that's as good as you can. Twenty two for twenty two. That's you can't ask much more out of him at, at, from that performance. And I think it's, it's just outstanding for from what he did. And uh, yeah, it's, he's just going to give this team more confidence. The defense had huge momentum. Uh, Miles Garrett continuing to force fumbles, get sacks, lead that defense. Baker Mayfield had a heck of a game, and I think this team can is heading in the right direction. They had that huge game. Baker Mayfield had that huge game he needed to have, and that that I was just I was completely impressed there. Well, yeah, I mean it's very impressive. But the one question we look at now is: Is this Cleveland Browns team and is Baker Mayfield better without Odell? That's the big question here. Because if we look at the research it and the stuff it. He has been better, and this is um, this might not be the same picture perfect, but if we want to translate it to something in sports, I would say the biggest um example of this is Kyrie Irving and the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I mean, you, we saw Baker Mayfield. He was able to distribute it to many other receivers today. Um especially down the stretch we saw he he got it to Donovan Peoples Jones for the game winner. Uh Rashard Higgins had a great game, six or seven six receptions, 110 yards. 
the rookie Harrison Bryant, two touchdowns on 56 yards receiving. I mean, it seems like Baker, yeah, he, he's played a lot better without Odell. He's been able to, been able to find many more receivers, and it's just resulted in better play. And I think the situation that Odell is in right now, it's just, it may not be the best for him. And maybe in the future, maybe even right now, the Browns should consider finding trade value for Odell. Yeah, and it's it's disappointing because Odell was they worked hard to bring him in. He, he was supposed to be the, the turn. He was supposed to be the turning point after they got Baker, the turning point exactly. for Cleveland. Exactly, and I want to go back to the Kyrie point that Probs made, and I think that's a perfect analogy right here because you have Kyrie who everybody knows has been known to mess with the locker room to change the dynamic and. What we've seen in the past, it's been for the worst. He's been a distraction at times for these teams, especially when he's injured, which happens a lot for Kyrie. And you see another thing in Odell Beckham where he just got suspended from his own college. He he does random things. You see random social media stuff about him all the time. Could he be what is wrong with the Browns? It's certainly a question that you start to explore after you look his track record right. this and past year. We're bringing up that suspension from LSU. That This past week against the Steelers, he, he took his cleats off early in the game. He's completely out of it. Showed no desire to, to fight. And I think when you look at when you look at his past, I mean, he may might be this, the issue in Cleveland. But obviously, I, I think Baker Mayfield said in his post game that Odell told him they both want the best for each other. There's no hate. There's no uh, beef, if you will, between those two. But I think Odell might, he just might have to go from Cleveland. If Cleveland could get some good value for Odell, might, maybe might it might be the time to move on. Yeah, I mean, I see like you guys are making wonderful, like great points. But the thing about him is, him and Kyrie is, they're both superstars. And so giving up a superstar like that, just because they're like this sample size that we're taking from this is very small. And while there is still a chance that this could be what's wrong with the Browns team, I personally am just going to have to see a little bit more, maybe Odell out a couple more games. And if we see the Browns really improve with him out, I feel like I might have to start buying into that narrative that Odell's a problem now. And and for me, the thing yeah, is, I, you, I agree. You, you need you probably want to trade him before his value goes down. From business standpoint, for Cleveland, because his performance with Cleveland hasn't been nearly what it has been with New York. So I'd say Cleveland trade him when you think it's right, but the value's going to go down. Yeah, I mean, I agree with both sides here. I mean. For me, I, I do agree that we need, for Cleveland as an organization that works so hard to get Odell there, you need more than one game. Although, if he is out against the Raiders and you see a significant improvement, it's hard not to look at the stats here. We'll see if Odell in, knee injury could be an ACL. We'll see what happens with that. Cleveland on the schedule, I mentioned it earlier, they take on the Raiders at noon next week. Then they get the Texans, so they get the a tough Raiders team, then the Texans, then they go and take on the Eagles at home, then they go Jags, Titans on the road, 
then back to Baltimore. Is this a team that you see making the playoffs? I think so. I think this team can make the playoffs with this new format. Uh, to me, I think it, it it's 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 like we said earlier. It's the version of this Cleveland Browns team that we're gonna get. Will it be this fighting team like we saw against the Bengals, or will it be this completely dead team that we saw against the Steelers and Ravens? And coming next week, it's that's that's a good matchup. The the Raiders, as we talked about earlier in this episode, and Cleveland, who the Raiders could be their biggest win of this season. We have yeah. the Texans, as we said, Philly, but I, I I think this team could maybe even go ten and six. I think they can go ten and six, make the playoffs. Well, yeah, they could make be ten and six, but if we see them start improving without Odell, it could be a lot more than ten and six. This, yeah, it could it could be ten and th- or eleven and four, or. Sorry, eleven and five, and this team could start improving for sure. I mean, they're up and down the yeah. scale. They could. We're win. just gonna have to see. It's something that uh, we've seen two completely version, different versions. So, uh, but I mean, if, if most NFL teams, you want to see the Browns succeed after everything yeah. that fan base has been through, that organization. I mean, it doesn't hurt to see them succeed. For sure. For sure. Yep, we'll have to see what the Browns are capable of next week. We'll have to see if the Nucci Dimes bring the Cowboys back to life. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. And we are are always thankful for our fans. And we have great content on our site, rewindthattape.com. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you.